0: Hello and welcome to Makers.dev, episode number, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Chris, Slava Ukraini, Yerom Slava.
1: I recognize some of those words. Um, Yeah, we are, what, five days or so into the uh, invasion of Ukraine as we're recording this. Uh, I imagine anything we say now will be horribly out of date by the time this comes out in a couple weeks. But yeah, that's something that's going on in the world and it's pretty crazy
0: wild to be going through a crisis like this i feel like this um, like like the the afghanistan thing i think i was a little too young to understand quite what was going on and then cold war stuff I, I was born the same year that the soviet union disbanded so i never really felt anything about the cold war but uh i got into this when i heard that vladimir putin uh said that he was rearming his nuclear arsenal or like had that on the stand yeah. yeah, so that's scary. So I did some Googling of, like, what's the atomic blast radius of if, like, Dallas were hit? Uh, how far out would I have to be? And a 100-megaton bomb, of which I think Russia is in possession of, would just wipe out everything. That I wouldn't have a chance unless I had, like, several hours notice and just drove, like, as far away as I could. Uh, and then I started digging more into, like, the geopolitical thing and exactly what they're doing. Oh, I learned the term uh, saber-rattling, which is used to describe that uh, Putin is probably just saying, hey, everyone, remember that I have nukes, so you got to respect me, but he's not actually planning on uh, detonating anything. Uh, But what was very interesting to me about this conflict is that, unlike a lot of other things, like COVID-19, I sort of like to play both sides and understand both sides i'm like okay well yes you know it's very good for her mentality if everyone gets vaccinated and at the same time we're impinging on individual rights and like maybe the vaccines haven't been uh fully researched and like i can sort of understand that the perspective of the canadian convoy and at the same time from the other side like you're disrupting canada and uh being a nuisance and it, it's very complicated this one seems so clear-cut this one seems like russia stop stop invading ukraine that's bad yeah uh, so it was it was kind of refreshing. Uh, I. Based on what I know so far, it seems like uh, Russia is obviously in the wrong here, and they're trying to do a cheeky move to take over Ukraine. And we're still early in this. I, I Yeah, the, the developments have yet to come out. I still don't understand it. But it, so far, it feels refreshing to have a very clear cut. Ukraine is in the right, and Russia is in the right. wrong, and let's help Ukraine. So that feels kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't have much more to say, I guess. I, like, I think he expected to be able to walk in and kind of take it quickly, and obviously that didn't happen. And I've seen a lot of posts that are bas- basically like, you know, he succeeded in uniting the world against him. That's something, you know, that, that in itself is a unique feat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: He strengthened NATO, which yeah. is so <laughs> probably gotten a lot more countries. Like Sweden and Finland, I think, have been on the fence. And... Yep. They're coming in with this like man when when Sweden is acting against you, you're doing something really wrong. Switzerland also is like sending arms to Ukraine. It's it's nuts. Uh, and then the, the sanctions are just unilateral. It's the entire world is like no more trading with us. And any money you have with us, you you can't get anymore. It's uh it's, you know they've been they've been banished from from modernity. Uh, all right, that's that's all we'll say about that because we have so much to talk about in this episode. Oh my gosh, Uh I would like to start with, you might be selling Meeting Place. Uh, I have intentionally not been talking to you about this on Twitter, so that we could have this conversation on this podcast. Uh,
1: please tell me everything. <laughs> yeah, that is a thing that is happening. Um, I I was going to uh, uh, build up to that. I have, I have oh, a I'm lot sorry. Of, I have lots of other things that... Ha- no, I have, I have lots of other things that happened this week. Uh, but yeah, that's it, it'll probably be the title of this episode. So uh, yeah, let's not bury the lead. Um, after last week, like in the last podcast, I was sort of waffling. I was like, you know, what do I do with Meeting Place? That's something I should be working on. I feel bad about not working on it. Um, and I was like, I offhandedly said, well, I could sell it. I, or I offhandedly said I could sell it, you know, but whatever. And so that night, actually, I went on Micro Acquire, and I just was like, well, let's see what this is all about. And I made an account, and I started putting details in. And before I knew it, I had a profile. And it's like, do you want to push this live? And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did. And that, yeah, that was a, it was a really neat experience. I got um, several buyers. So first of all, micro acquire pre vets. Like you can't just post anything. They pre vet, you know. So you go back and forth a couple of times. And the first, the first price I had was too high based on my uh, my current MRR, which I knew. Um, but that they're like, if you bring it down a little, then we'll list it. So I brought it down a little, um, and it was still higher. So they like to see uh, like multiples with like three to six times annual uh revenue um in um minus like double that (laughs) but uh it's also because the mrr is not not crazy high and a lot of what people are going to be paying for is the like the tech behind it um so yeah i got like maybe 10 inquiries Uh, i talked to two people and one offer and that's uh we keep talking and that should he's writing up the purchase agreement now it should close this week so um, you know, barring anything bad, uh, yeah, I'll be selling meeting place.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations. Uh, one small thought here the, this started with you making an account on micro and I'm <clears> consistently <throat> amazed at how such big things can happen by such small initial actions. Like it seems like the, 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 the to have on your to-do list, like sell my company that would just stay there forever. That, yeah. And you just be like, this is overwhelming. How could I possibly do this? But if you break it down into, well, what's the very next step? I would start an, an account on Microrequire, And then what do I do after that? Well, you know, I would fill in the details for a meeting place. And what would I do after that? Well, I would, like, you know, put put an initial price. Uh, and it's just those little tiny steps when they stack up. My gosh, you're selling your company now. And, like, after not that many steps, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, when I got my wisdom teeth taken out uh, about a year ago. It, it started a very similar way. It felt like this huge, daunting thing. That was just like, man, should I even get my wisdom teeth out? What do I even do? And I started by just, you know, okay, let me schedule an appointment with uh, an oral surgeon. And we'll go from there. And just by, by starting that, that was the ball that got rolling to now I have four fewer teeth than I had before. So uh, this this feels like another example of that. I would love to, if you're com- comfortable, uh, dig into uh, a little bit more of the numbers. Can can you talk about what the uh, full price is?
1: Uh It's not done yet, so we may have to save some of that information for uh, a later date. Um, I can talk. I can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say it's not. You know, it's not a huge amount, uh, but it's enough to be interesting um, to me. If I were to have just consulted for all the hours that I put in a meeting place, uh, I would have undoubtedly made more money by consulting. (laughs) Um, But that's fine. Like this, it's a really neat experience, and it really, uh, like, it gives me a whole new perspective too. Because some sasses like I have like I'm worried about like if I actually grow this and two years later I hate it then Mm. now I hate my life you know but now I'm just like well I could just sell it yeah yeah (laughs) and like that's something I've been learning viscerally like I mean obviously this isn't you know a million dollar sale or something so that's why it's taking two weeks instead of you know six months yeah but um uh yeah still it's pretty easy to sell stuff it turns out yeah
0: what a fantastic lesson like uh, how much more valuable is this than uh i don't know if you had an mba like uh, th- this is this is actual practical like you have built a company and you've sold it and it's it's at a much smaller scale but now yeah you you now know in the back of your head it's not this huge scary like ah uh, i could sell my company but that's just a, a mountain of complexity and i don't know what that would, that would entail you can picture now and for all of the rest of your career in the future if you have a thing, you'll be able to sort of calculate like, oh, well, you know, based on the numbers how they are now, if I did get that six times multiple it would be about this much, and it would take about this much work. Oh, but, you know, it, it would be a little bit of a pain because I'd have to take you know this Heroku account and, and switch it over, but I've already done that, and now that I've done that once I, I can do things to make that easier in the future. Um, yeah, you, you've, you've learned so much about that process now. It's, it's no longer scary to be selling your company. Uh, how fun! It, it makes me want to do this with a smaller project just to walk through what it's like so it's not scary to me anymore because that's that's how it's been for me uh historically what what advice would you give yourself of like a week or two ago uh well more directly what advice would you give to me (laughs) (laughs) for for me right now the idea of selling a company is just uh this huge tangle of weeds um feels very scary uh i've seen talks by patrick mckinsey where he's saying it was such a pain to sell a bingo card creator and he had to go and do due diligence and get like a bunch of receipts and uh it was a whole thing but what is your experience and this been so far
1: yeah so i think that happens for sure when um your company's a little bigger when you have more accounts um so like i don't i don't have that many customers like i can list them all on one page right hmm. um and also it depends a lot on the buyer so the buyer um who i'm selling to uh hopefully is uh, a developer just like me trying to get into you know entrepreneurship and he really likes this business idea he has a lot of ideas himself and Mm -hmm. so because he's not like he's not like a company that buys companies a lot he's new to it as well and so like he just wants to move quickly too and so if you find the right buyer who just wants to move quickly too like you can like we are both basically acting in good faith you know we've had multiple meetings now and we both like uh we're not in don't nearly have the same level of involvement as something else so if you were to try to sell a small project then that's probably going to be your experience too i think you would probably find buyers for small projects that will just pay you know upfront in cash not very many questions asked if you're trying to sell file inbox that's when i think you probably go through a couple probably months of due diligence i imagine um, with lawyer with lawyers and stuff um but at the same time it's all like, don't think about it like a giant thing you have to do, you know, like, uh, yeah. like you said, like once you get the ball rolling, like the steps are really laid out, especially Microacquire has been really nice. They have like, you message the buyers, it's all in the app. And then they have like letter of intent templates. They have purchase agreement templates. They have like which stage you're at. They have, so they, they have like everything that's laid out really well, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would definitely recommend Microacquire for anything under, under a few million dollars, even like, um, as part of the other thing is, uh, you have to to become a buyer and micro you have to like pay money that's how they make money um but since i am a seller i can now also see the whole marketplace with all the listings so that's kind of neat oh,
0: cool. um
1: and uh yeah there's people selling multi-million dollar businesses on there also wow so, yeah it's not not so micro so yeah
0: how interesting i guess on the scale of like global finance and uh mergers and acquisitions it's yeah. a few million it's just tiny but yeah that's a that's a life-changing amount of money for uh solopreneur. Uh, how cool. I heard a strategy. I, this may have come from a tweet from Tyler Tringas or something that you can, you can build apps for Microacquire just as yeah. templates of like, you know, build a generic chat app or something and then uh, push it up there or build a generic to do app and, and push it up there. Um, what's your feel on that as a strategy? Is there, if, if you were going to do this again and with the sole intent of, building something to sell a micro require for the highest profit possible, uh, where you would actually be financially ahead of if you just did uh, versus if you did consulting. Does that seem
1: viable? I think you could, but the problem is... So it's to, The problem is uh, at that rate, you're probably better off with no customers. So as soon as you have one customer, then people will measure you against your MRR or your mm-hmm. AR, um, or TTM, trailing 12 months, really. Um, and so... If I was going to do that, I would try to have no revenue but have it all baked and ready to go like mm-hmm. so that someone could just turn the switch and start getting revenue. Um, the other thing I'd do is make it super simple, have good documentation for everything, um, keep all the accounts separate. So right now I'm trying to separate out all of the pieces, like AWS and all this stuff. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So if you have that just completely separate, like you can hand over like one username and password. That'd be the mm-hmm. easiest, obviously. Um, which it turns out so i'm gonna have to figure this out but like a lot of my accounts have two factor auth turned on so i like i can't even turn over just a username and password so we're gonna have to transfer i think every single thing there's like you know maybe seven or eight pieces to transfer which is so that's kind of annoying but um yeah so i think you can do it but if you're not willing to put 12 months into it to get a really good trailing 12 months revenue then i'll try to do it with no revenue that's what yeah but that really limits your what you can get for it too so
0: based on just how much you've been poking around micro acquire is there a particular app that you would do that with do you do you see a market demand for a specific type of app
1: probably uh if you're going to try to do that i would do add-ons to existing things so like mm. a shopify app or a wordpress plugin or a slack app or mm. you know things like that because people kind of understand what they are the market is easy to validate um Yeah, so I would do that, which which of course means you're going to have customers because if it's live in the app store, you're going to have customers. Um, But yeah, that's probably what I would do. These more standalone apps, they seem to be bigger on uh, MicroQuire. Cool. Neat. I'm so excited for you.
0: What a a fun adventure. Uh, I'm a little curious about your motivation to sell. Uh, As far as I know, this has just been a thing that's sort of been rolling along. That doesn't take a lot of your ongoing effort. You're able to do a master's and build other SaaS apps at the same time that you're just sort of passively running meeting place in the background. Uh, What's why, why is the future where you sold this better than the future where you just keep it running?
1: Yeah. So there's a few things. One is I get some cash, which is nice. Yeah. Um, The other is anytime I work on something else, I have a feeling in the back of my head that I should be working on meeting place instead mm-hmm. and so that will get rid of that feeling um, and part of the reason I feel that way is because I've I've sort of implicitly promised a lot of users of meeting place like features are coming or like I have big visions for what I want it to do and I feel yeah. bad every time that I think about that not happening because there's some pretty easy things I could do and I just never end up doing them and so but this guy's really excited to be working on you know the app and so the app's going to like improve a lot I think in the short term for a yeah. lot of the users of Meeting Place so it's good from that end as well mm-hmm. um, uh, support like I was only getting I don't know two to four support requests a week maybe which is not much at all but they would sit in my inbox and I would stare at them every time I opened my email you know so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so a lot of it's a mental thing you know it's like freeing up a lot of mental space and um, yeah I'm turning it over to someone who's actually going to do all the things I wanted to do but instead I am getting a master's degree yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense
0: to me that's uh, I, I feel analogously about file inbox. So it'll be interesting to track this for the next few months uh, for you clearing the mental bandwidth, being able to refocus on your master's degree, being able to refocus on uh, other SAS projects that you're doing. Uh, versus, I, I think I'm trying to have one last go at it of like, okay, what if I really do buckle down and, and really do focus on this? Um, and trying to clear the headspace in a different way of like hiring a personal assistant to my customer support emails and. Uh, uh, <laughs> Forcing myself, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, to uh, to yeah. like sit down and, and make these changes. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how those go. I don't I don't know that one is from here. It, it doesn't seem like one is necessarily a better choice than the other. Uh, this I I see pros and cons to each side. Um, yeah, cool. I'm excited for you.
1: Thanks. The, the other thing that this made painfully clear is that uh, the the calculation of SAS like valuations. So at you know say six times or five times or something every paying group is worth like between 500 and a thousand (laughs) dollars to a meeting place valuation so like yeah so like for every group i didn't get to pay it's that's like 500 to a thousand dollars that i'm not getting in the sale and so it's like uh when you do the math i should have spent you know 400 dollars per group in ads or something to get to get more (laughs) groups uh before i sold it um i just i and so i started doing that math and i was like oh maybe i shouldn't sell it maybe i should do something but then i i for all the reasons we just talked about the mental energy and everything like it's better it's better if this guy just takes it i think so um yeah so for file inbox that's what i would do is i would i would do all the things that you would tell an acquirer to do right away um and just see if they move the needle (laughs) before selling it yeah
0: makes so much sense and i think i've been hamstrung by doing that because of technical debt because of the way i built it and just in and, and also so two things i think have been holding me back the first is customer support emails so in the back of my head when i'm simulating like ah wouldn't it be great if i had 10 times more customers paying me 10 times more money a big piece of me is like oh no because that would also mean 10 times more customer support emails and i already hate the amount of support emails that i'm getting now so that would be so much worse and the second thing is from an infrastructure standpoint i there's there's in the current infrastructure on rails, there's so much that would need to happen to, like it, it, it wouldn't be twice as complex. It would be like five times as complex to have uh, ten times more uh, uh, capacity to be able to do this. And those problems are just gut wrenchingly terrifying to me because. When, you know, a database goes down, it's like, oh my God, I got to reach in and like do stuff and rely on database backups that I haven't been doing. And it's, you know, my my whole world just comes crashing down and that's terrifying. So I'm addressing those by hiring Rachel and having her doing customer support emails. And that's great. That's been just such a load off. And then switching the infrastructure to be serverless, which means for me to go from one to a thousand uh, and then to a million is Merely, if I've architected it correctly, which I'm pretty sure I am, is merely paying a higher bill to Firebase. And otherwise, everything else should scale perfectly. There's no bottleneck in the system the way I'm working on architecting it that, that uh, will make the DevOps a, a constraining thing. So I'm, I'm hoping with those two shackles released that, like, I can think much more rationally about, hey, my LTV for a customer is whatever... $1,500, that means I can rationally spend $1,499 right. to get a customer and still be ahead. Uh, there, there's some math that Jordan Gall did in a micro talk, talk, uh, I think it was two years ago. Where he's talking about spending something like five thousand dollars in ads and how it increases company's valuation by like two million dollars. Yeah, uh, those numbers are wrong, but it's it's roughly that scale. Yeah, um, I'll link it in the show notes and uh, it's nuts. And it tracks like yeah, that is how SaaS math works. It's stupid. And if you're thinking about it that way, and if you're if you're good at playing the game of spending money to get more customers, that opens up so many interesting things you can do. Like you know, for for that scale of money, I could buy all of Rachel's time for the entire month and have her call people up individually and be like, hey, first interaction, I'd like to send you some lunch. What's your favorite restaurant? And then <laughs> she can buy them lunch and then she can call back the next day and say, hey, I'm Rachel, the person who bought your lunch. Can I talk to you about uh, your file upload things? And I'll be like, sure, why not? You might send me lunch again. Uh, it, it would open up silly things that, uh, that would make growth a lot more feasible. But I'm currently held back because of the infrastructure and my gosh we're getting that done and i'm very excited to talk about how we're getting that done uh but first uh anything else you want to talk about with uh selling your business
1: no i don't think so Um, i'll have more updates once it's done but so far it's been pretty painless he seems excited i seem excited so yeah cool uh
0: this well what's a good transition for this there's not going to be a transition. Uh, you also, you also have done some uh, some data competitions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> uh, transition complete. <laughs> what are you? What are you? What are you? What are you up to with that? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, some quick updates there. Uh, I talked about the snow water equivalent competition last week. All the work is done for that, but now at, every week I submit predictions for the next until June, so like several months or until July almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know where I was going to be. I'm currently in eighth place, which is good. That's that's higher than I thought. So um, yeah, higher I, than last uh, time too. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a place before. Okay. Um, yeah. And so because like they you submit and then it takes a while for them to get the data in for the actual ground truth and and compare. Um, yeah. So let's see. If I if I get to top five, then that is prize money. So that'd be cool. Um, and I think like. I'm within that margin, so I could get to top five. Um, yeah. I, could also, I could also sink a few places. Um, yeah, and I, I can't, like the rules are you can't work on it. Like the model's frozen, I've already submitted my model. Mm-hmm. And so it's just now evaluating every week. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then on the Kaggle side, on the Kaggle essay competition, um, I joined a team. And so like I think we talked about that last time that happened. And we are now up from 70th place to 20th place. So wow. we are rising there. Um, yeah, so that has like three weeks left, and so I'm working on that. So that's the, that's the whole data side.
0: I remember the last time you joined a team for a Kaggle competition. You specialized, you took part of the problem, and mm-hmm. they took parts of the problem that they were good at, and that's what you look for in a team is uh, complementary skill sets. Not that you're all uh, working on, you know, the, the smoothing out the data part, but that one person got to where they are because they had really clean data, and another person got to where they are because they had a really good model. Uh, how, how are you splitting up the work in this current team?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, uh, per the rules of competition, I can't talk about it until after the competition is over. But uh, yeah, I almost yes. got you. We are specializing. Um, okay. Yep. yep.
0: Cool. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about how you specialized uh, after the competition is over. Uh, neat. Okay. I want to talk about the experiment that we started on the last podcast. Yes. Specifically, I would like to talk about how furious I am at how effective it was. Yeah, I know. I am so this happens so often. I <laughs> I have such a high opinion of myself. <laughs> like I'll I'll hear about these tricks of like, ah, if you want to get something done, write it down. And I'll be like, I don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can surely see how that would work for someone else, but that that wouldn't work for me. Because I don't need to write things down. I I can hold things in my head and just think about them. And then I'll try it and it'll be the most effective thing I've ever done. And I'll be like, gosh, why? Um I I So I've done much better over the last several years of like consistently notching down just like where I actually am and what I actually need and what actually moves the needle forward of, of getting me to do things. And last week I felt so confident that I just wouldn't be affected by this and like that the mental framing i had going into this was like well i know this isn't going to work for me but it sure would help my friend chris so i'll do this for chris so that chris can have better motivation (laughs) because while i am this highfalutin uh very person who doesn't do this chris poor chris i'll do whatever i can to help him so uh it was just it was the most effective thing that i've done probably in the last year for pushing forward file inbox i have some stats on it we worked together for five hours and fifty-five minutes last week. I worked a total uh, last week for nine hours and twenty-six minutes on File Inbox, which is about as much as the previous sixty days that I got no. done. Five days, wow, is correct. Uh, I, I was looking at the graph of this of like, what was the intervention that you did? You just scheduled time on your calendar to work <laughs> at the same time as your friend. Yeah. Okay, can you do that twice as much? Can, I'm just I'm just so mad I it and like it was fun and the first day I felt a little dejected because I was like grinding the gears again and there was like rusty stuff in there and i was like ah file inbox again all right here we go and the second day I was like oh this is actually kind of fun. And, oh, I came up with this clever thing to do. And, oh, here's, oh, I get to use these fun new Tailwind components. This is fun. And the third day, and onward, I was just jamming. It was so much fun. And then it got to be Friday, and I was like, all right, what time can you work tomorrow? And you were like, Christian, tomorrow is uh, Saturday. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, I'll get to work on my fun projects now because uh, that's the whole reason I was doing this. So, yes, of course, I'll see you Monday. And I've just been so excited <laughs> to get back to work. Um, and then I got furious.
1: And then I canceled our one earlier today because I had to talk yeah, you to the did. buyer. <laughs> I,
0: I was, uh, I was upset about that. I did still get a palm in. Uh, I would love to know what your experience was like doing this. Uh, Cause I, I, think it was the same sort of thing. Like uh, this Slack integration, I think was the, the principal thing that you have been working on. Yeah, And uh, you also seem like pushed that forward way further than you have uh, in the last few months. How, how was that from your perspective?
1: Yeah, uh, it was nearly identical in that I was like, uh, I don't need this, but I think it'll help Christian, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, and we did it. And it, same thing, first day I like felt all the crusty, you know, gunk on the gears sort of coming off. And it's it's the kind of thing where if I was doing it myself, I wouldn't ha- like I would have been just like, oh, this is hard, and went went to Twitter, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, but I pushed through it because we were working on it, and uh, yeah, and yeah, all we did is we set up a time and we turned on zoom and had you know we muted our mics and just worked for like what two hours at a time or something yeah and well i mean broken up and uh yeah it was super effective and so by the end of it yeah i i had to relearn how the slack api worked like i had to relearn how like the rails app was structured because i hadn't touched it in six months and i had it yeah. yeah so uh, yeah exact same exact same experience
0: i'm so proud of us and it, it was much easier for me to be proud of you than it was to be proud of myself so i took that pride and <laughs> it put it back on myself. I'm like, oh no, you're doing the same thing. Like, good job. Um, Something that I noticed in both of us is I I think we each drastically underestimated the time that these tasks would take when I was talking to you about what the Slack integration would take. uh, I think we outlined it a couple episodes ago and you were like, well, you know, I would need to do these four things and this one's optional and ah, that would take like a day or two. And in actually doing it, you know, we're working for four Pomodoros about two hours every day. And, Seems like there's still a lot of work ahead to get this on the Slack App Store. Uh, for me, I think I think the very first palm we did on the very first day, I was like, "Well, for this very first palm, I think I could get uh, all the page CRUD working, so I can create, read, edit, delete, uh, and, and upload page." And I am still working with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: and after the first palm, I think the only thing I did was like, "Well, I had to smooth out the authentication system because it, uh, you know, it, it didn't work in these edge cases." And uh, yeah, it's I I was just wildly optimistic. So I... The mistake that I think I was making was wildly overestimating the amount of... My my own ability to motivate myself and to do work and wildly underestimating the amount of time that the work would take. And I think by doing it this way, this just forces me to move forward and be reasonable and, like, not overwork myself. It it felt so effective on so many different levels. Uh, So i would love to do this again next week and hopefully for the rest of our lives
1: yeah uh it was super effective for me as well um i'm also mad at how <laughs> good it was but uh but that's good we found something that actually worked so uh yeah it, it also it got me excited about working on sass again um i yeah. think one of the things about um this is kind of stepping back to your other point which is uh underestimating the time like when i get into flow i can work for you know like eight hours um basically in flow and that feels like 20 minutes and so i'm like uh what i when i was saying it would take one or two days i meant one or two days of being in flow for eight hours and you know maybe that would have gotten done uh what we ended up working last week was five hours like you said so that's not even one full day of full flow and so um yeah it's just really time time is weird time is weird (laughs) yeah i'm reminded Um, of
0: jesse anderson's thing on adhd that like that's a that's a, a trait of uh, ADHD is that you you lose track of time and are just in flow, and I love those moments and I, I can capture them sometimes. But I think the downside of that in the long term is it's unsustainable. Like yeah. when I have one of those days where I'm just working ten hours straight, the next day I feel just like wrecked. Sometimes I can I can stretch it for for two or three days if it's like I'm really jamming on the project. I think I did that with uh, the the recoding of Jordan Peterson's app. But that doesn't work for me. And then, you know, I get to day four, and I'm like, I just have to do anything else. And then the next day, I'm like, well, I took a day off yesterday, but I worked so hard those first four days, so I can take another day off. And then a month later, I didn't, haven't pushed it forward yep. at all. So I would much rather be going at this pace. Because at the end of the Four Palms, I'm, I'm like, excited to keep working. And it, it sort of takes effort to pull me away from it. And then I start the next day like, oh, boy, here we go. I get, I get to do <laughs> the thing that I wanted to do yesterday. Um, I, I think that's a really important piece of it for me is, like, it's not just—it's not just that this method is overcoming the starting inertia. It's that I stop before I get sick of it, and so then I'm excited to do it again. So the inertia for the next day is even lower. Uh, this feels like a method to like optimize for making it as easy as possible to get started. Uh, I think that's part of why this is really effective.
1: Yeah, that's a neat point. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but yeah. Um, yeah, I felt similar. Yeah. I have to
0: say. <laughs> because of my disease of just wanting to make apps. I had an idea while we were doing this of wouldn't it be great if there was an app <laughs> where here's, here's the, here's the idea. You log on. Uh, it's like, you know, work in palms with friends dot app or something. And uh, your video starts live streaming to this thing and you see a grid of all people working and you have just a global schedule of like, you start working at the hour and at 30 minutes past the hour and you have a mandatory five minute break. And at the end of working, it, it pops up a prompt that's like, hey, record a short video of what you worked on. And then you say just like, you know, you get 30 seconds to say what you worked on. And then uh, you have a five-minute break. So 30 seconds of those were spent recording your thing. And then if you want to, you can watch some updates from other people. Or if you have like a little, if you want to do it with a smaller group of friends, if you have like 10 people working, you can, you can watch all of those uh, for your break. Or you could go and like go to the bathroom or whatever. And then you also have a log of all of your updates. So at the end of the day, at the end of the week, you can go back and see... Uh what would it be? Four pawns a day for five days times thirty seconds divided by sixty seconds. You have a ten minute video of all of your updates from the whole week. So you get to you get to recap all your all your week's work in ten minutes. Uh, what's your hot take on that idea? I'm <laughs> kidding. That's a distraction and I yeah. can work on that if I want to, but only after my four pawns.
1: Yeah, um so the first thing is services like that sort of exist. Not quite how you are describing it, but um, like I got the idea because there is a service that you can actually pay and then you log on at a certain time and there's like 20 people all co-working at the same time. Interesting. Um, so th- those do exist. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is that is a little bit kind of like what async.dev was uh, potentially going to be when I was thinking about that. Um, the idea was, except it was for a whole day and it was for like a private feed in a company so that you could like share... Like, actually, you know, company information and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, what are you working on? And then, yeah, quick either screencast or just video or text about what you did. Um, and then, yeah, the idea is for your whole team at the end of the week, you know, you have, you know, every day you have 60 second videos about, you know, what that person did and, and stuff like that. So I think it'd be, so, so I think that's, I still think it's a good idea. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a distraction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I might play around with that this week uh, after my four bombs it, oh man so I framed this last week as I really want to be working on the flashcard app uh, but the rule is I have to do four bombs before I work on the flashcard app or before I do any other work and I don't think I worked at all on the flashcard app I thought about it a little bit and I had the whole weekend to do this and I, I just ended up doing other things uh, I cleaned out my whole office and bedroom and uh, like reorganized stuff and bought a bunch of uh, containers to to do that in. So like stuff got done, but it wasn't the flashcard app. And I'm sort of confused why that is. Because I was that was the thing that I started the week. Like here we go. This is okay. I'll, I'll begrudgingly do the filing box stuff. I, like am I so easily tricked that just if I just if I just focus on a thing, then that's the thing that I get more excited about? Because um, right now, just all the thoughts going through my head are all about file inbox stuff and serverless stuff and i'm so excited to end this podcast so we can start doing our pops. <laughs> um I, I i i am i'm excited to keep learning more about myself and what the actual things are that i can do that that actually move the needle into making me uh more effective at getting things done
1: yeah so i've had this idea a lot or this idea keeps popping in my head especially thinking about this another thing i've done which is just activation energy i think we've used that term before which is like like the first palm that first palm was really painful actually for me yeah. to because i had to like relearn my app i had to relearn the slack api and like all that once i got over that then i was just coding and once you're coding like coding is coding for me um, it yeah. doesn't exactly matter what it's about um like once you're coding it's interesting to just be coding and so a lot of it is just yeah, forcing yourself over that activation energy um another way to think about it is i think i mentioned this in our Pom session too which is so john cleese has this great he was uh, you know of money python um and he has this great talk about how to be creative basically but it's he talks about the open mode versus the closed mode or he calls it um play versus work basically and in order to he's talking about writing like writing comedy but it applies for software development too which is you have to have some open mode, like some play, like some in that that's when you like think of features and you know what this can be in six months and all that stuff. But you also have to turn that into closed mode. And the closed mode for us is like doing the actual coding. Hmm. And I think we get stuck a lot in the open mode. And then the, the initial part of a project is still open mode for us. It's still like mm-hmm. playing. At least that's how I feel about it. At the closed mode is more painful to do. And that's the kind that you have to sort of force yourself to do. Hmm. Um, yeah, and so like, I think what we're doing here is basically forcing ourselves into the closed mode of doing the actual work. Um, and then once I'm in it, you know, it's, it's still coding, I like coding, so that's, that's fine. But it's, yeah. yeah, it's just getting into the closed mode is, is painful sometimes.
0: I like that framing of open mode, and closed mode. I'm reminded of uh, a framework of convergent and divergent, or like uh, map reduce that. You spend one mode in this creative diversion, like you're, you're looking at all mm-hmm. the possible solutions. And then the second mode, you, you whittle those solutions down, and you actually do the work, and you, you are moving forward. Uh, the, the expansive creative uh, mode, that is usually more fun for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I, I, I can see getting stuck on, on either end. I can see getting stuck uh, on, the, on the diversion side of the open mode. But that's, I don't think that's the problem that we have. I think we have too many ideas. I think we uh, <laughs> rolled right. in too many directions. And yeah, growth for us looks like wrangling ourselves back in and doing that, that closed mode convergent work. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Well, I feel like we unlocked something great in doing this. And I'm excited for uh, going forward. This. So, okay. Uh, something I'd like to talk about is goals for this next week. I got to see... Every, you know, I had a check in with you every 25 minutes this last week, which is so much fun. Yeah. Like, like, small aside, like it's just fun. Like, and then there's if I get stuck, I can ask you things, and like we we sort of know uh, about the technical thing and what the other person is doing. So, uh, you you offered me several. Uh, piece of advice that then directed the thing I was doing. And At the end of doing the 25 minutes, I looked forward to like, ah, oh, I wonder what Chris has gotten up to this last 25 minutes. And I sort of get the nice little dopamine boost of like, ah, oh, I got this thing done, and ooh, Chris got this thing done too. We were both working forward on the thing. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Setting the your, your intention for this next week, uh, and having the experience of this last week, what would you like to be doing this next week? What What I'm not even sure to frame this of like goals or or milestones or uh, how how are you thinking about that?
1: Yeah, um, so it the, one of the other reasons I like this is because I have like what three or four different things going on right now, and so uh, one goal is I'm going to continue working on Acorn Chat, which is that Slack app um, during our during our bombs. So we continue those, and that will just continue to keep being pushed forward um and then the other things i have going on are i have a my first test in machine learning this week um and so i will do that because there's a deadline and i'm going to get a grade right so i don't have to force myself to do that i will do that um the other thing that's happening is so yeah there's meeting place acquiring things right like so i have to fill out some documents and i have to like figure out how to transfer assets and all that stuff i will do that because this guy's going to pay me <laughs> so i'll do that um and then the last thing is this kale competition, um, and uh, I will work on that. Uh, one because it's fun. Two because there's a deadline three weeks away, and so mm. like we got to get it done. And also now I'm on a team, and so I have a team to like. It it's sort of similar, except it's all asynchronous. It's all on, we're doing it on Slack, and so we're like, you know, this is what I'm going to work on for the next day or two, and then you know we can all sort of come together and say this is what I did work on. And so it's kind of a similar feeling. It's just spaced out. Um, yeah, so, like, I feel like for every major thing that I have to do this week, I have a good forcing function to get me to do it. Um, so, yeah, I feel good about those things.
0: Beautiful. What a great accumulation of these lessons that I feel like we've learned over the period of doing this podcast of, like, you know that you're more motivated when there's a competition. You know that you're more motivated when uh, uh, there's there's a deadline for a thing. You know that you're more motivated when there's, like, a specific task of, if you you do these things, you get this amount of money. Uh, we found out this last week that we're both very motivated by just scheduling time on the calendar to, to do a thing. Like, uh, and then all of these things coming together. Like, my gosh, you're you're setting yourself up for just a beautiful week of getting so much done. Uh, and these, I'm consistently interested in how, when things happen, they tend to all happen all at once. Hmm, and yeah. it, it seems like that's the week that you're about to have. You're like, there's four different pretty big things that are happening that are all happening at around the same time that uh at least for me when when i'm in less of a mode of getting things done like any one of those things would just feel like oh man all right this this one thing is going to take up all my time but because you have these systems and you have these machines and like it, it's just it, all of those things are going to happen effectively effortlessly you're, you're just going to flow from one thing to the next it's all going to be happening at the same time you know you're you're going to end up getting your grade back for the test at the same time that you're getting the check for selling your app at the same time that you're launching the app in the Slack app store. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's cool to see you, uh, working this effectively.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It feels really good. Um, and you're right. I would be otherwise overwhelmed, but I feel like I have sort of systems now for each of these things. Uh, I think it's going to go okay.
0: Yeah. Cool. I feel
1: effective and, uh, successful.
0: This feels good. I would similarly like to keep directing my palms towards file and box work. That's going so well. I, I almost want to just keep it at that. Uh, if, if the only thing I do this week is like lock in that system, that would be very successful. Uh, potential stretch goals I'm thinking about are I could set a goal for myself for doing this flashcard app, but I feel like that's going to happen anyway. Like I've, I've still been chewing on it in the back of my mind and watching YouTube videos about the Anki algorithm, and I feel like that's probably just going to happen um, a way that I would like to be better right now is I'm kind of slacking on administrative stuff. There's some like personal emails that I'd like to be doing that I even have a system where like I can, I can get things done that Rachel can take care of just by forwarding the email to her. And I, I just haven't gone through it yet. Um, so I think a reasonable goal would be if I also spent one Pomodoro a day, in addition to the foreign file inbox, if I spent one Pomodoro on, on administrative stuff, uh, that feels tractable. Uh, yeah, I, I, something I've noticed though is (laughs) there there were a few days we had where we weren't able to perfectly align the four palms. And so, uh, we would schedule something like, okay, well, you know, we'll do the first two or three together. And then just at some other point in the day, uh, you you do your, your last one or two. And the first day that that happened, (laughs) you were like, all right, gotta go. And I was like, all right, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get mine done in the next hour. And I was like, Well I have to I have to <laughs> I, I just need to go to this one thing first. And then yeah. I want to do again." and I was like, Well now that I'm here, I might as well like put laundry in because you know I'm already up. And two hours later, I was like, Where did? Where have I gone? What am I doing? And I had to drag myself back and, and uh, get it done again. And uh, then you know something else happened to me afterwards. And I caught myself so much more slack if I'm not if I don't have in the back of my mind like, okay, Chris is waiting for me. I told him I'd be back in three minutes, and it's been two minutes and forty five seconds. So like I gotta go straight back there right now. So I think in that framing, I think I'm fearful of is if I just set my intention to do one extra Pomodoro of administrative stuff. It would sort of go that route that I'd just be like, well, it, it's, that's a thing I'd like to do at some point, but I've got this break to do. So I think if I do that, I would, either if you'd be open to it, uh, wanna bump up our number of POMs to five a day, or I would need to be really uh, uh, Machiavellian of like, okay, <laughs> I have to do this POM immediately after finishing with Chris, and I need to do it on the same schedule uh, as I was doing before, or you know, immediately before, would also work. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, um, we could probably bump up to five. I think that's. I mean, that's still only two and a half hours a day, which is yeah. very reasonable to work. Although I did notice after after four, after four straight palms, I was a little drained. Um, so there's that to think about. But the other thing I was going to suggest is since you are excited about file inbox again, and yeah. you will probably work on that now anyway you should probably do your administrative palms like first like Uh, oh I sure should the first of four is administrative and then tell yourself you get an extra you know file inbox palm after after we're done that's what I suggest
0: oh I hate that which I think means that's absolutely the right thing to do yeah I know oh Chris I don't know that I'm ready for that (laughs) (laughs) oh I need one more week I need one more week of doing it like this alright okay Okay, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> All
1: right.
0: Okay, I just I just want to make it. I want to make sure this sticks. I don't want to. I don't want to push too hard.
1: <laughs> I've so lame. The other thing. The other thing we could do is even if I, we could try five, and if five doesn't work, if I'm just too drained, then um, I could start you on your next one, and then just leave the Zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you'll be working on it.
0: Yeah. Okay. That that feels more manageable. I feel like I could do that. All
1: right. Okay.
0: Let's, yeah, that's that feels safer. I agree with you. I think that's the right thing to, do, <laughs> to start it. But man, because that's that's the same rationale of like why the fire Limbo stuff has gotten working uh, because you know that that was because I'm doing that before any other work. That's how it got done every single day. Uh, yeah, man. But it's okay. That's I'm I'm working with who I am. I'm working with the amount of work I'm able to do, and <laughs> even though I am sometimes disappointed, like at this moment, with where I actually am versus where I think I should be. Uh, this
1: is the most effective way to, to push forward so yeah that's what we're gonna do all right cool as an aside by the way i have felt this way at jobs or consulting you know things before like i do two hours of work at, at a job like two hours of intense work and then i just feel like super drained and do nothing yeah. the rest of the day and i feel super bad doing that because i'm at a job right and uh but we can talk about this openly because we're our own bosses so yeah you know, who cares <laughs> um yeah so it's just it's another benefit, I think, of working for yourself is that you can actually try to address these things honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because,
0: yeah, Cause it, yeah if, I, if I was doing this at a job and I was contracted to be working for eight hours a day, working for eight hours in a day is really hard. If you're actually working, that's so much time. If you're working for 16 pomodoros a day, I've had those days. But it's, like, far and few between, and I just got to be jamming on everything. Like, my health has to be great. I got to be eating really well. I have to have slept really well. I have to be really aligned in exactly the the work that I'm doing. It would be different if someone else was setting the work for me. That would make it more straightforward. If if it was, you know, if if I'm just getting fed work and I don't also have to be doing the work of generating the work, that that would reduce the cognitive load a little bit. But, like, I could so easily see myself slipping into this narrative of, like, that uh, I was actually working for eight hours but really I wasn't, but I had to maintain yeah. that narrative and, and keep that lie up because that's the story I had to be telling whoever was managing me. Um, so yeah, I, I, part of the the nature of this work of being in total control of it that I like is that I can just be brutally honest and say like, look, I'm a lazy son of a bitch. And <laughs> I, uh, I struggle with getting started, even doing two hours of work. Uh, and, you know, once I've done that, I need like rewards for myself that I have other work after that, that I can do. And, uh that's where I am and there's no uh'm I'm not, I'm not trying to impress anyone I'm, I'm just honestly trying to get more stuff done uh so yeah that, that feels like a clearer way to become a better person
1: yeah and also as this is kind of an aside but uh in real also real, real workplaces uh you often have like meetings during the day to break up the time um, which is kind of an interesting so like a lot of people are like destroy all meetings you know which I sort of agree with but also like Meetings break up real work sometimes, and you know, so yeah. Like your your engineers aren't probably working straight for eight hours. Some people can, but I don't know many who really can't work straight for eight hours. So um, having some breaks is is good. <laughs> yeah,
0: I loved our system of doing the breaks, doing uh, yeah. five minutes, just like a little chat. What'd you work on? Here's what I worked on. All right, let's go. Uh, and come back in three minutes. Like that. That worked really well for me. That's a that's a nice little breaking point that gets me back on track that that helps me step out for a second and get a bigger perspective of you know i've been i've been lost in the weeds of picking a specific rich text editor but now that i have to just tell chris about it i'm I'm stepping back and realizing like oh actually i could just pick one and and, uh it doesn't really matter um yeah that feels
1: really good cool um I don't have anything else to say about that. uh, This is totally unrelated. Sorry for the audio quality. Uh, My microphone is being stupid again. I bought a brand new microphone, a USB microphone, and it is not working. Um, So something on my computer, I think, is messed up. No idea what it is. The specific problem we've been having is that Chris's audio doubles. Like, as
0: he's talking, about every five seconds, it'll repeat the last half a second of audio. And I but only no on USB mics. Was...
1: Only on USB mics, not the built-in mic. Yeah, could that be like an audio drive? It's it's a it's a mystery. If, if I don't you're
0: know. a listener of this podcast and you know why that might be happening, <laughs> we, we would love to know because this has been a frustrating issue. Uh, yeah, I have one more thing I just want to mention, which is that uh, as part of sort of in the in the same vein as like taking steps forward on big projects like selling your company. I went to go see an allergist, and that's something that I've been wanting to do for like the last 15 years because I have suffered debilitating allergies for from cats and uh, Timothy grass pollen and other things, and uh, it, it, I think it became part of my narrative of just like, well, this is just part of who I am, and it sucks. And I went to go see an allergist, and he was like, oh, you should start by uh, doing a nasal rinse twice a day
1: hmm. and
0: taking Flonase twice a day, and I was like, wait, Flonase? is a steroid. I thought you're not supposed to take that chronically because that can be bad for you. And he was like, that is a thing that happens with steroids, but not with fluticasone, the local steroid that's the active ingredient in flonase because it's just local right to the spot where it's delivered. It's one of the safest drugs there is. Do it. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll try it. <laughs> and uh, the first day I did, I was around Sarah's cat and had nothing. I could breathe fully. No awesome. allergy no itchy eyes, no uh, watery nose. Uh felt like a huge life improvement so i would like to be doing more of that please uh problems that i think i have that are unsolvable i think a lot of them probably have solutions as easy as if you just take this very safe medication every day the problem will go away so very good life improvement week this last week i feel like i had some uh some great improvements and it feels good looking forward to doing it this next week also chris that's all i got
1: that's all i got too then i'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.